Tom disappeared, so perfect time to intro um, <laughs> him. He's one of the luckiest runners in the uh, country at the moment to finish just ahead of me at the Sydney Marathon last weekend. He came eighth, ninth, yeah, ninth eighth. overall. Tenth overall. Eighth. <laughs> no, no, eighth. Sorry, I came tenth. You were you were tenth. Yeah, I, I think you just just out kicked me on the line for um for tenth because I was eleven. Yeah, I just out kicked you at twenty five k. Yep. Um, and we're also here with with Nida, who's um the second in charge at Spark Physiotherapy for the foot. Is that what you call yourselves yeah. down there? <laughs> we're Spark, uh, mate. Yeah, look at you guys, you, you you road running legends who missed the road running championships to go chase some cash mm. in Sydney. Well, I was going to say, you're the top top 10 in the national championships, Nida. Were you 10th? No, I was 20th. Oh. Well, because there, but there was, was there um, 10 women oh, in front of you? There was one. There was one okay. in front of me. So it would have been about where you would have finished, Julian. <laughs> Who's that? Right. Did, was that Jen? Did Jen win? It was Jen. Yeah. Jen won by a mile and the girls, yeah. She's winning everything mm. at the moment. She um, She's good. Well, why don't we start, fellas, with um, your race, Nitta, because you ran at the uh, City to Bay in Adelaide, 12K downhill mate, race. This is, this is the shoe geeks, mate. I don't need to tell you about my running week. No, I want to hear about the shoes. I want to hear about what the shoes, shoes you're wearing. You're wearing. Uh, look, I, I, wore, I wore the Alpha Fly one. And, um, like I woke up the next day as sore as I've ever been. And, um, I love the shoe and I race well in it, but I don't run flat road races very often. And there's, there's a training effect to running on a, you know, trails, 80, 80% of your training load and then going to the flat road and not handling it well, regardless of the shoe you wear. But look, I love the alpha fly at the time. I don't feel the ground at all, but, um, yeah, it's still my my Cedar Bay is a straight line twelve kilometer event. It's actually fast as hell, and it was slightly hot on the day, but otherwise conditions were perfect. So, if you're going to pick an alpha fly, uh, the day was twenty six, but I don't reckon I reckon we finished the race. It would have been twenty one, twenty two. So, like cooler than you guys had in Sydney. Um, but look, the, probably the first hot day we've had here in Adelaide for the whole season, probably. Um, so people have found the last part um, a bit tricky. If you were a 70 minute runner, you really battled because they ran out of cups in the Cedar Bay, um, mm. like halfway through the race. So people were like pouring, pouring, um, you know, like goon bags of water into people's mouth as they were running past. I'm not <laughs> talking about just the end, I'm talking about the 4K mark, the 8K mark. So it was a bit of a shambles, to be honest. So, but, um, no, where were you saw? Where we saw? Uh, everywhere. So look, I since then it's been not ten days. I had sore quads both sides. I had sore calves, which is interesting because I don't normally get sore calves on the alpha fly. So it was obviously just the load. Like I didn't handle the load very well. I, I missed it the Tuesday workout leading into it. I picked up whatever Zara had. She had hand, foot, and mouth, and I missed the workout leading in. So I didn't really run much leading into the week, but I actually felt pretty good on the day. So I reckon when you miss a week of running and you go out and hammer yourself for a week, doesn't matter what shoe you're wearing. Um, the alpha fly definitely gets you to the start line and makes you feel a bit better. But I still woke up feeling like I've been hit by a truck and like I've done a couple of workouts. I've done one workout since was last night and that was slow and I still feel the effects. So 
don't want to say I've run a marathon because you boys have both run a marathon, but I felt like I ran a marathon. So that was just the um, the training effect. But the shoe was brilliant and it'll always be the shoe I pick in a straight line for sure. So until the well, third version got, comes out. You've got nothing better than the Alpha. What about this? Um, well, look, I've got, got plenty of, I've got plenty of equivalents. Okay. The Mizuno. The new Mizuno. Like I was considering wearing it, but... um the you know the zebra two is i don't know if mm. you guys have worn it much like I, in a straight line that shoe would work really really well but i just like i think if you hit merely the forefoot you sort of miss the transition a bit so you it does feel a bit feels a, a little bit less lifeless if you unless you hit the middle of the foot you get that really quick transition a snappy transition so you know i mean other than that i probably would have worn i've got the vaporfly three now i probably could have wore that but i feel like i bottom out the forefoot still on that shoe so um for a 12k road race no nah, not really i have one puma Actually, I should have two Puma shoes. Look, we've got a lot of shoes to talk about. We haven't done this podcast for a while now. So um, I think it's... You've been, you've been, uh, you've been really looking right, forward to this. All right. I have. Look, we got we got to start bit by bit. Get into um, it. Look get like, into it. And get just into like, it. I think you got to pick the... your top 10. And then... Yeah, no, no, no I'm not going to do 10. Cold. I picked about five or six. So, so look, the, the Supercomp trainer. So this is what the Supercomp trainer looks like for me after only 100Ks in the in the trails, Julian. Have a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so the exposed yeah. foam. The rubber's there at least. But look, this is a really enjoyable shoe. Um, and I was... I have to eat my words a bit. You said it was like a slightly faster shoe. And um, and it definitely is. Like I run in this shoe and I definitely feel more comfortable running about 10 seconds per K faster on my easy runs. The plate, it's a little bit lower profile than the previous... Um, uh, the previous super comp so it runs at 39 33 is that right or 39 31 and uh the plate the plates you know relatively stiff but the whole shoe overall was a little bit more compliant than the previous version and it is a really soft underfoot but i like it as a slightly more up tempo run um so i'm not jogging my really really slow recovery runs in it i'm putting this on for um for like a, a you know for a 45 to 60 minutes where i sort of get going near the end and i th you said the same anyway julian last time you said this was sort of a shoe that you preferred running a little bit faster in for a jog and uh not, not too fast though that's the problem once you start mm, to get up to around marathon pace then it starts to feel like a slug well, I know you wore it for the 15K um, part of your marathon workout, but look, I don't think the shoe's designed for 3.30 pace. No, It seems to me that would be a good long run shoe. Is that... It's a good long run shoe. Yeah. yeah. Depends yeah. where you run. Yeah. Depends where your long run is because mm. in the bush, look at what happens to it. It's um, That's true. Yeah. It needs, it needs some coverage there. Look, you say that, but look, the shoe functions the same. It looks like that, but the shoe feels the exact same underfoot when you're on the surface. I could still probably get 600Ks out of that shoe. It's just going to look worse by the time I get there. That's all. What, so 500 more just... K on that? No way. No. Maybe not. Don't know. We'll find out. So look, but I'll tell you a shoe that does hold up on the trails, and you're going to hate this, Julian. I have enjoyed this a little bit more as well. Oh, um, I, I like the upper. You know what I'm going to say. So look, Tommy, yeah. oh, yeah. good man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so this is the Infinity 4. Look, I guess... I'll go through my pros and cons with the Infinity Four. So they've used their um their React X, which is like a hybrid of their original React. It's probably a little bit too much foam underneath the foot that's too firm. So it does feel like it is hard to compress the foam a little bit unless you hit it pretty hard. Um, which but it also makes the shoe heavy. This shoe here at ten at US ten and a half, I think weighs close to three hundred and fifty grams. It's pretty heavy and all the weights in the base of it. The upper it runs short. Would you agree, Julie? It runs short by half a size, you reckon? Or Tom, you reckon it probably just runs, you know, it feels like you get to the toe box. But the issue is, like, while it feels really, really tight when you put it on, when you run it, 
that this upper does like it does move a fair bit it's quite adaptable so i actually very don't flexible. notice that when i'm actually running in the shoe in terms of it's yeah it's very flexible upper so um look i know it doesn't work for everyone it feels a little bit clumsier but the waffle type outsole through here on the trail <laughs> this has done the same volume but of course you, you know it looks like it's done nothing so it actually holds up really well on the trails and not that it's a trail-based shoe I don't. Do you sell this shoe, Julian? Probably not. No, I don't sell it because no. I think it's a dog. <laughs> but it's not a diet. I know you once called this a, a Brooks diet in terms of its weight. No, it is, it's like, definitely the... not a diet. Definitely not a diet. Got that one wrong. But that yeah. outside, the outside wall of that shoe, Nitta, have a look at that. Like through the rear. Oh, the, you you mean you mean the concave? You mean the concavity? Oh, yeah, I can't even walk the dog in this shoe because my ankle gets yep. so sore look it's not a walking shoe mate you need to hit the shoe in the forefoot and that concavity almost it doesn't disappear in the forefoot but it definitely becomes a bit more obsolete it goes so, really deep at the rear foot it's not a walking so you're telling shoe, me Jordan. nike it's... made a 350 gram wide <laughs> highly cushioned shoe for forefoot strikers well look at midfoot and forefoot perhaps oh. <laughs> come on tom step in here they made it, it well, like... so they made it for five percent of the running population <laughs> look at it's not going to work for everyone i'm not going to say it's going to work for everyone but i'm going to say that i have enjoyed it and it's purely on the basis of the outsole is quite industrial the upper actually works quite well for me even though it probably does run half a size short but this shoe is heavy so it is hard to get going in the shoe it's hard to run fast in it um so it is a day that is a little bit easier and i definitely prefer this shoe on a softer surface beneath my foot rather than a harder surface if that makes sense which is not going to work for like you said 95 percent of the population um and the react x look it is it's a bit too firm um it hasn't been a, a deal breaker i know it's not been a hybrid of um i think someone tried to tell me it was a hybrid between the zoom x and the react but it definitely is not so um it is it needs some work this is meant to be um you know they're one of their high mileage training shoes but it still falls into a bit more of the casual shoe um sales market would you say julian probably why you wouldn't stock it in a, a specialty yeah. retail shop it just mm. for me the contour through the arch and through the like maybe through the medial heel area it's just too aggressive there's just too look much you, you do say heel. that every time i do that i whack it is i've got a heel pitch that <laughs> jumps over that straight away so look i that, i know that's a complaint that you have in you know alpha fly that's not the shoes. shoe the shoes don't come with them the shoes i know they don't come yeah yeah come yeah on. but every shoe that i get it goes in so, well, so and now it, you've got hip. yeah what's tom's is, thoughts on this well so i got this so we all got the shoe at the same time right so um i literally can you, give, can you give a shout out to the guy that organized it for us oh molly from nike um, fantastic yeah, thanks molly thanks, i've thanks, enjoyed molly. it molly um <laughs> I want to love this shoe because I have historically loved uh, Nike training shoes. So, um, you know, way back when I used to enjoy Pegasus and then the, the Lunar range of daily trainers, I actually loved those. And then when React, the first React came out, loved that as well. And then it was just unfortunately um, when they changed the um, Epic React to this Infinity React, it just, yeah, it yeah. Um, yeah, so this latest iteration, like the, the fit is just weird. So you put the... You, mm. uh, put my foot in and um yeah it felt about a size felt like it ran about a size small and mm. like you said I, it did feel a little bit better as i started running in it but um definitely not like yeah it just it just wasn't comfortable off the bat um just didn't mm. feel just didn't fit great and then yeah it just just heavy and you know how sensitive i am to mm. weight like size 13 it's like oh, yeah. 400 pounds it's just 
it feels yeah. a bit lighter on foot because of the I guess it gives a little bit back that that react foam but it just felt it just I mean, felt what, funky. It just, it just wasn't enjoyable. Just, it just felt heavy, it, clunky. Um, I think if it's like, like a heavier, heavier set runner, maybe that's that's not mm. going to crush the lateral, but but is heavy and yeah. can, can can compress that foam. They're going to get a lot yeah. of life out of that shoe. So yeah, like, yeah, I think it's going to be durable, isn't it? Maybe. It's it's going to last. And but look, that's people don't people aren't buying shoes for lasting now, are they, Julian? They're not buying shoes to to last a thousand kilometers anymore i don't know if that market it's got to be a factor though it's got to be it's got to be a factor um and this this shoe for me like you said the someone who someone who's bigger let's say they need we need more force to make that shoe um usable workable that that force is going through the outside of the the shoe on foot strike and that concave is just collapsing on itself and like like i said i've been walking the shoe and that my, the, like the the forced supination, the inversion mm. that I get on every yeah. footstep is is just giving me a sore ankle after five minutes of walking. I have to if take we, it off. Look, if we go back in retrospect, remember the um the Nova Blast one? You remember how they um, yeah they yeah concaved, yeah they concave yeah. the lateral, but they also concave the medial side. That's yep. what made the shoe feel so soft underfoot. And I argue it felt really good underfoot. The forefoot they didn't concave it at all, but just the rear foot. So if you hit the rear foot and you're walking in the Nova Blast one, if you move too far immediately or laterally, it was really pronounced. I'd argue this is a, a little bit like that when you walk in this shoe, this little concavity or this hole through. You can see it's a huge divot. And on the medial side, they fill it in, right? So um, it, it, definitely not a walking shoe, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I, I, hard to say. Look, I, I mean, I, I got a message from Zaka today asking to put in my, you know, my goat shoe of all time. And it was the Vimiro 12. Mm. And how far Nike are away from a, vi- a volume shoe no, that no. I have a relationship with from the Vimiro 2 is just extraordinary. They're so far away from it. So, can I, just, can I and, before you go too far down this track, Nike, yeah. have had, Nike have had a history of making concaves in their lateral wall. Remember that old structure, uh, mm. structure 19. Yep. That real post on the inside, concave on the out, everybody within 100K mm. had just created this total bevel in the shoe. Yeah, it, yeah. It's something Look, they do a lot. We've seen that in the Pegasus a bit as well, to be honest. We've seen it not on the same scale as this, but we've seen it on a bit more of a broad scale. And, you know, they've removed the whole medial aspect of the shoe under the arch and things like that as well. So we've just seen... They're just not getting it right, and look for a company that is so good. This is this looks really good. Like you know, my wife's comment was when she saw no, this. Geez, they no. make good. Well, I reckon that looks good, mate. That looks alright. No. So it looks like Toy Story sort of shoe, and I like <laughs> Toy Story, mate. So I, look, um, we've for one one to two weeks, we've had the Nike Vimero mm-hmm. Seventeen in store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that has been really popular. Yeah. Out of the blocks, fits really well. Feels super smooth. We. That is Nike's return to the train market in a big way. Even the not even the structure twenty five is feeling smoother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I think they're starting to to get the fits better. Both of those mm. shoes have a slightly broader forefoot. Um, yeah. Then they're a little deeper through the heel. They fit really well and they feel smooth. Mm. And that Vimero yeah. is a real rough shoe again. Like, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I think, I, I think they're nailing it. Yeah. Well, look, that's good news. That's good news. And look, it's it's hard to like. I've always enjoyed the original, like the Epic Reacts and stuff. They've been fun shoes. But look, we'll move on. We'll move on because it, you, you get frustrated because you had such a good history with Nike, and sometimes you get frustrated because you just don't get the love that you want out of it. 
Look, I'm not going to review this one because it's on our it's on our it's on our um, Instagram page. And I did a reel. I did a reel, and I talked about this shoe. And the on cloud Stratus three has been a good upgrade from the the second version. They've filled in this area through here. No one's getting rock stuck in the rear foot, so it's not adding fifty grams of weight. I don't know about the double cloud tech being much different from the original, but I guess the two mils of extra foam through the whole shoe has made the shoe feel a bit bit more fun underfoot. I've enjoyed the rocker. The upper is probably the volume of the shoe is probably on the, the too much side. I reckon I haven't seen <laughs> Look at those laces. Wear this shoe. Yeah, yeah. So this is yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's on the too much volume side. But look, you know, I find this shoe once again similar to the category of um, uh, a, a shoe that I run a bit better, enjoyably when I'm running faster. I can hit this foam, but I can compress this shoe. I can compress this shoe. I can't compress the Infinity Four. The pods do work a bit better, and um, yeah, look, this has been a nice upgrade. I and I find it stable as well, Julie. And I still find this a categorically a stable neutral shoe. I don't know. I can't feel the segmentation as much in this shoe within the pods like I could in the original one. So. So I really yeah, think that's been a, that it's shoe a pretty, surprised pretty... me. Surprised me the most that one. Um, mm. I didn't like the previous two, um, and I wasn't expecting much on this. And it was um, I, I've I've actually enjoyed. I've run quite a bit in it um, mm. since we got it's it. It's a funny shape though. It's like a banana. It is a little bit C. Yeah, it's a bit the old C mm -hmm. shape. Show but it um, yeah, yeah, so, show so... it from the top. Show us the um, the um, upper down. Yeah, it's a good point. It does yeah. look a little bit like a C shape, and uh, but look, so did so did the. The Cloud Monster looked a bit like a C-shape, to be honest, as well. Like, they're not far removed from each other in terms of um, this well, one's a bit heavier. I, I, looked up, I looked up the tech specs because I was going to chat about the, the Stratus and because uh, I, mm. I prefer this shoe to the Monster, which is a bit controversial. Yep. Sure, no. But I, I know, it's weird, but I do. Um, and <laughs> it has, like, the same stack height. Yep. Yeah. That's a bit surprising. Mm, yeah. Nah, what, no, about the yeah. what about the Monster being, like... What forty grams lighter or something? I can feel that in the upper though. I reckon the upper does that. To be honest, maybe the outsole is probably a bit less as well on that. But the upper of the um, the monster is a little bit thin. So, you know, Tom's battling there a little bit. Yeah. Um, what's going on with that? That's me and you. So you keep going. Well, look, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to look. You, you did tell me, like, I received a lot of shoes from Puma a couple of months back from Maddie Sparkman. So I say thanks, and I said, oh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the, the compliment sandwich type scenario as well. Like I've had some really good experiences with the Pumas and I've had maybe the worst experience of a running shoe that I've had for a long time in there as well. And I'm the the, the I, I don't even have it. I gave the shoe away unfortunately after about two runs. I just couldn't wear the shoe. It was the Forever Run. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um it's sort of their Kayano equivalent as well. And the Forever Run was it was narrow in the forefoot, it was soft in the heel, and it was firm in the forefoot. There was no segments off the outsole, so it was really like an audible noise. So I ticked a few boxes of a shoe that was quite clumsy and didn't work for me. And I was glad to hear the guys from the Doctors of Running as well always say that that shoe didn't work. So I'm going to leave that one there. But since then, I've had the opportunity to wear um, the Magnify 2, and they use their, their nitro-infused um nitrogen infused midsole on this this is their daily trainer or their probably their high stack daily trainer and this look this is a really fun shoe i still reckon categorically it's very similar to you know it sits next to um a sakoti triumph um and it's it's just it's got a relatively stable surface area on the shoe it's i think it's about 38 or close to 39 maybe not even 40 at the rear foot it's got around about an eight mil pitch on the shoe um it's a little bit more responsive i would say than 
the triumph, but it is a bit mm. firmer underfoot, just a little bit firmer yeah. underfoot. The big downside to this, and you know what I'm going to say, this upper works pretty well. Um, but if I sit it next to a shoe that I received, which is the DB8 Nitro 2, so a non-racer, like a performance trainer type shoe, the toe box taper in the lateral aspect of the toe box is is almost a bit of a deal breaker in almost every single Puma. Th- I, don't, I don't have a wide foot by any means. But why no, they need I to taper the four- from lacing. Yeah, yeah. They don't need to taper the toe box in the forefoot of any of the shoes like they currently do. This one we get away with because the upper is a bit more adaptable, like similar to the um to the Infinity 4. It is quite nice. So this shoe I think performs really well and will sell really well at a slightly lower point uh, price rank, I reckon, compared to what a Triumph would be. It's probably what 200 what, 220, 240, you reckon? Maybe less. I don't know. But it's a bit less than say a Triumph is. 220 grams. No, no, in terms of cost. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it yeah, is yeah. pretty reasonable, actually. I think yeah, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's a good sales point. But the DV8 Nitro 2, so this is their plated shoe. Um, all their uppers use their power tape to support the foot on the you know aspects of the upper, whether it's medial or lateral. But this toe box, Tom, like it's, I mean, you struggle with this probably more than I do, I would say, in terms of a narrow toe box. I've battled with this one. I can't. This is half a size bigger than I need, and I, I it's, as much as I enjoy the, the foam beneath the foot, uh, the plated and the nitro foam, which I really think is um, is a complete winner, the toe box is almost a deal breaker for me, um, which is a real shame. So it's, how, it's how something that, I think. How does that toe box compare to the um, the elite? Ah, uh, yeah. So the, yeah, so the elite through here, you're talking about. Oh. This, we got, um, we've, got, we've got two. So this is the um, this is the DV8 Nitro uh, Elite Two, uh, and this is actually V1. So uh, V1 is definitely one of the most enjoyable shoes I've put on in terms of like feeling a halfway point between a super foam, but a traditional flat. So on the track workouts, I really, really enjoyed this. The toe box on both of them are still tapered and still narrow. I would say this one has a bit more volume across the MPJs, but still quite narrow across when you get to the digits. This one's quite narrow across the MPJs and tapers off quickly towards the forefoot as well. I um the fast R I actually couldn't wear because it was too narrow. Like it was too narrow for the forefoot. Um, but the foam beneath your foot in these two shoes, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on Tom. They're really enjoyable. They're a little bit firmer underfoot. I'd say V1 was softer, but less snappy, less responsive, so less stiffness. And this uh, V2 is probably a little bit firmer underfoot, but I'd argue a bit snappier as well. So more like a traditional flat, I would say, but still that super foam feels but I'm not sure about the toe box. I've already gone out to 30 minutes. And as the duration got further, I actually don't have neuroma symptoms historically. It's the first time I've had like neuroma symptoms from three to four doing a workout in the shoe. So um, I'm un- unsure what to say about it. Like you get this beautiful foam beneath your foot. You've got this good good ride, a good sensation. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a D width foot and these feel all almost too narrow for me, which is tricky. So, yeah, it's going to be a problem. It, it, mm. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know why they've done that. Mm. Um, I, did a, I did a session and did a, a couple of K reps in that shoe, mm. um, and then I did I did one one rep in the um, Rebellion Pro Two, mm-hmm. a couple of reps in that, and a couple of reps in my Next Percent. Yeah, they were all very different. Very different. <laughs> well, the, the, that yep. one and the Next Percent were the closest, but um, yeah, the Vaporfly the, you're, you're talking about Vaporfly. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah the vaporfly still just has that that pop and cushion yeah. that 
that the Deviate Nitro Elite 2 didn't mm. have. It just still felt yeah. just not as super. Um, felt great. Yeah. Like it felt underfoot, like smooth, soft, poppy. Exactly. Quick transition. Not, not at the level of, of yeah. say, a Vaporfly. I, I do want to, like, I mean, we've got to have some positive things. The outsole of this shoe through here is really nice. It's one of the, you know, when a New Balance released the RC1, it's been a while since we had that sort of like little, um, serrated type outsole this is quite good it's quite grippy you could almost wear this for a grass course or a dirt course pretty comfortably as well um the end of foam works really well on those softer surfaces because the foam is a bit firmer and like you said unfortunately the compression off the foam is a bit hard to get um because it's not quite as super it's not quite as compliant as your next percent and um you know your piba based midsoles this nitro foam is just a bit firmer underfoot so there's so many good things going on there with the shoe and feeling quite natural under the foot and feeling fast and snappy, but just the space of the upper and the volumes, it's going to be a bit of a deal breaker for a lot of people and they do need to sort it out. I'm not actually well, sure where it comes from. I'm not sure why they're doing it. Here's, here's my take of the, all this as a retailer is when someone comes in the store, these shoes cost what? 300 bucks more. Um, mm. Most of them do now. They're in a yep. market where every single brand has a, a super shoe or at least mm. one super shoe on the market. Mm. Uh, no one's putting one out for less than three hundred. This mm. isn't this isn't a little bit of money. This isn't like an add-on to a training shoe. This is a big purchase yeah. for someone. They're not. If you fuck it up that bad with the upper, you won't get anyone buying the shoe in store. Perhaps you'll sell some online when no one's trying it on. But if someone puts mm. a shoe like that on, like how Tom describes that next to a Vaporfly, mm. why would anyone purchase that? If the if like look, we see. I mean, we're we're seeing we're seeing people being sponsored by Puma. We're seeing them put a lot of money into the sport. So we are seeing people like interested in the shoe, for example, because of those reasons. But you're right. The consumer, once it goes on the shoe, I mean, look. At the end of the day, if I'm comparing these particular two shoes, for example, they both feel really good underfoot for me as well. And to be honest, if I had to pick one of them as well, it's literally just the enjoyment at the end of two hours. I mean, I'm not even a wide foot. I just still struggle a bit with how, how tapered the toe box is in Puma. It's a bit of a deal breaker. And I'm sure these two are pretty similar in cost. In fact, maybe the old might be more expensive. But yeah, it is. Um, they, they get, they've got the midsole correct through here, but they just haven't yeah. got a 1% correct, unfortunately. So, And they, they do need to be aware of that. I don't know where the feedback comes from. Sure, they get global feedback. I mean, I haven't got a wide foot, but that's the feedback from me. Yeah, well, okay. look at, so as an example, um, Saucony has brought like the, the Triumph 20 was mm. a narrower cut, shallower. A few people struggled with that. They bring out mm. the 21, they give it a little bit more generous toe box, and all of a sudden we start selling more shoes. It, it. Yeah. It, it's, it's simple little things. The majority, and we were a bit um, different in Australia, our feet are wider here. Uh, but yeah. like, it's not just Puma that do it. Like, you've got no, to, no, no. Yeah, you've got look, to have... it, look at this. This is the first New Balance shoe for a while. We've had a tapered toe box. It's the mm. actual. This is the um the super, this is a super comp trainer too. It's actually a bit narrower. It was limiting. You see this little cutout that I've cut the upper of the shoe through here. I remember seeing Talisha a while back cutting out the upper of the shoe through here because it just irritated it a little bit on top. I felt like I had like an extensive tendinopathy on top of my foot, which I ended up having just from the rub. The volume and the housing of the shoe was very different to the previous versions. They haven't got this upper correct either. No. The beneath the foot is absolutely amazing, but the upper through here, they haven't got yeah. that right either. It's no, just... I think you're right there. It's a bit too mm. deep. It's it's mm. too deep. Even when you, after I ran in it for a while, I felt like it got loose. 
um, mm. not just the lacing, but the whole shoe got loose towards the end of the run, and I had to had to stop and tighten it. Or oh, that's what I felt like I needed to do. I don't have to do yep. that with many shoes. Mm. All right, next one. Yeah. What do you got? Yep. Now, look. That's to be honest. I've got other ones as well. We got to spread it out. That's I've gone through seven shoes, right? So, and I, I'm going to guess at least for next week. We've been building up for so long, but um, I was there. You guys, I'll go get seven, another shoe. Seven, seven shit ones too. No, 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 I gave reasonable reviews. Like if people, yeah, it, yeah you got to give, give reasonable reviews. I can't. Anyway, Tommy, you go. You got you run a marathon recently. You've you've got you know you've got back into training the day um, after marathon. You you run. So I'll run. Yeah. So from um, race shoes. Uh, yeah. So I obviously raced. Uh, that that was my first race actually in the in the Vaporfly next three. Um, and yep, was happy. It just sort of. I, Thought it was going to perform well, and it did. Can't, don't really have any complaints. How'd you um, pull up? Yeah, just, just, um, just generally sore everywhere. My, my ankles were, um, my ankles were oddly sore. Were you my falling off the were... outside of that shoe? I saw the photo you fall <laughs> off the lateral column of the shoe, mate. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what was with that. I don't. It doesn't feel that way when I'm running. Um, I feel very centered in it when I'm running. So I don't know what was. You know, about. Brady also had sore ankles. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. I think he said it on the pod. Yeah, I think I, oh, I, did I heard yeah, that right. and I was like, mm. I heard that and I was like, yeah, that's weird. So did I. And I spoke to mm. a guy that came in today, Dave, who ran, he ran only the half. And he's like, yeah, I had really oddly sore ankles too. It's like, okay. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it's a cross country road marathon, basically. So possibly <laughs> something to do with that. What, what is that? What's that photo going on? Tommy. It's Tommy. It is Tommy. <laughs> look at it. Oh, look at Eddie's watch. Yeah. Uh, watch okay. gazing. Mm. Say really when, when. I was just yeah. checking to see when I was going to kick down <laughs> past you. I had a, a certain time that I was going to um, go past you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's it. So, for the race shoe, that's, I mean, that's, um, I've been training a bit in it and I raced in it and it's a, a tick. So, I reckon the only other shoe on the horizon that I would race in, which I'm sure we have to talk about at some point, is Adidas mm-hmm. shoe. We're going to talk about it? Yeah, we got to. We're going to talk about it later. Later, we'll talk talk about it later. Yeah, I really want to talk about that later. And yeah, yeah. So, apart from that, I've been a real ASICS fanboy. So, I've been running in um, the Kayano 30, the Nimbus 25, the GT 2000 V12. Um, How are you finding the GT 2000 now at the moment? Yeah, it's it's just a huge, it's just a, it's just a huge, uh, move in the right direction for that model yeah. like so i've got yeah. the v11 and um someone came in the other day and i was i was explaining the differences um and, and i had both i'm like just going through the, it, it's just it's a huge difference it's a huge change and they've just they've gone to that geometric stability system which which we've banged on about on here i know before yeah um but it just makes the ride smoother so it's just it's stable yet it's it's smooth transitions it just feels like more natural smooth uh, it's a bit softer yep. No, none of that slappiness that that you sort of used to get with those traditional ASIC stability shoes. Mm. Um, yeah, so it feels like a slightly more cushioned Kayano light to me. Mm. The, yep, the G- agree. Very um, very like prominent heel cup. That's one thing that I, I love these heel cups in ASICs. I love the uppers. The like, mm. it's just you, you get awesome lockdown. You don't like not it? the Nimbus. The Nimbus Twenty Five. You don't get an awesome lockdown. And I through do. the front, of, through the front of the shoe, a lot of people blister in that. A lot of people. Get can I? Blister. Can I say the Nimbus Twenty Five is the only upper I truly love from Asics. I love 
flipping around a little flimsy, a bit of a flimsy upper through there. So that <laughs> lockdown and the ASICs are just a little bit too much for me. Just to keep me a bit too oh, stable really? to re-input. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, I um, found like it was too much for me. That, that, that heel counter was d- dug into like, cause my foot's a bit flatter. There was a bit too much pressure there. You're um, very sensitive, aren't you? Well, no, I still run in it. I actually run it. I like the shoe and I feel like it really supports the foot. Um, Mate, I, I sent you around about 20 pairs of heel pitches. You can solve all those problems with that. Oh, yeah, but then I've got no Achilles after five years. You've got, you get heel irritation, you over supinate, you over pronate. Like, what's mm. the deal? You get arch irritation. Yeah, oh, it's on. bad. Pretty I've am- got bad gait. But, um, <laughs> You should have you should have known. You were running behind me for twenty k, not doing any work. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting on uh, on your mate Gunther, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> yeah, you got to ride. Um, so I've got a question though. You're at Sydney Marathon. What what were you seeing around the marathon from a footwear perspective? Like, um, that was different from the norm, or like surprised well, you? Well, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but on the start line, mm. it was very interesting on the start line. Mm. You could, I saw, I count, yeah. So I counted um, six leaning. Oh, athletes yeah. Yep. And two X step. Hey, can I grab, can I go grab my X step? While yeah, you're there? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak off for a little bit. I'll go grab it. So Chinese brands are, are really starting, I reckon, to, uh, to push yeah. in a little bit. So After the Africans, basically. Because I don't think you can purchase them in Australia, can you? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. So I was chatting to someone um, uh, uh, um, about it, uh, and he he was saying he said he could get me a pair, but the only way is like him buying through the Chinese web- website yeah. and then shipping, yeah, or AliExpress. But yeah, so this is the new yeah. um, X Step five point oh one sixty X five point oh. Um, Bryn Nichols sent this to me. So Bryn's one of our masters runners in SA, really good runner. 227 for a marathon at the age of 47, I think, or 46. Um, it, Tommy, you'd hate the booty of this shoe. Like <laughs> the rear yeah, foot rock is quite extraordinary. Um, I actually ran with a guy in the Cedar Bay the whole way. He wore these as well. He had a pair of the 3.0s, the, the version before this. There was no 4.0, so I'm not sure how they jumped the 4.3.0 to 4.0. It is one of the Chinese brand super shoes. The foam is really... Um, it's super resilient, so it's a bit firmer. But the downside to this, and I, I need another guy. I can't judge it off the one run because my calves are still sore. You can see the carbon looks almost like that TL2100. Um, Tommy, it's yeah. really stiff and it, you know, it's really thick. So they've got a stiff plate with a pretty resilient foam. So it's almost yeah. too firm. Yeah. And underneath the balls of my feet, how hot they got from doing a 25-minute <laughs> workout the other night at Tempo. Yeah. It just, I couldn't compress it enough. The rock is really aggressive. So you basically, all your heat happens underneath metatarsals one to five through the ball of the foot. You definitely don't hit the rear foot cleanly in this. It feels like a, I dare just, you know, excuse the pun, but it feels like a step almost pops up in the forefoot. So it feels like a real negative heel drop on the shoe. This this rear foot rocker area feels more dramatic than what the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro is, even though the Rebellion Pro looks way more intense than this, but so, I feel like I'm more up the negative because the shoe is so firm. So I, I don't know if, like, I even I hit the ground pretty hard in the forefoot, and I even I can't compress this shoe completely. But if you're a pure forefoot runner, I think you'll get a bit back from the shoe. The outsole is interesting. It's really tacky. Um, it's quite lightweight. I think it's relatively grippy, but um, look, I haven't worn it on the wet. 
Um, the fit's true to size, but yeah, it's interesting. The shoe weight's quite light as well. Um, I've never worn a lot of these. This is the one that the um, Moroccan guy won. Yeah, Sydney. it looked like it. Yeah, yeah. So, but look, the shoe's high performing. It felt like it was really biased to, to heating up the forefoot. That's the spot you gotta got to hit. It feels like when you hit the rear foot, it feels really flat and slappy if you hit the fourth. But if you hit it here, it feels quite clean. So um, pretty aggressive shoe. I reckon I need to be a better runner to get more out of this shoe. And I'm not good enough, really. So, um, which is yeah. self-explanatory. Well, Julian, what were, you, what were you getting at? with What what were you expecting me to see in Sydney? What did you oh, see? Um, I saw the super shoe creeping its way back through the pack more than I have in the past. Okay. So, yeah. like, even um, we were staying on the course at the 40, basically at the 41.8K mark, so about 400 metres from the finish, and I was on the balcony watching the probably mm-hmm. four-and-a-half-hour runners come through, yeah. and the amount of super shoes out there, it was kind of astounding given that, mm. like, I know how many we sell. Uh, it's not that many, especially not to that um, sort of demographic. Uh, so they're getting the shoes and it must be probably a lot of online purchasing, maybe without advice mm. or anything. Um, but it's certainly out on course a lot further back mm. in the race. Yeah. But this was the way it's going to happen. Like it's like when they release carbon into bikes, for example, like I go for a, a, a Saturday bike ride with a bike riding group with, you know, men that are, have a BMI of 30 and weigh 120 kilos and they've got a $12,000 carbon bike. I mean, look, this is going to happen at some point in time, surely. But is that um, detrimental to their riding? Well, definitely not. Detrimental to a bank account, but not their riding. And yeah. normally not their bank account because they're normally at a point where they can afford them. But, you know, is do you think it's detrimental to their running wearing a carbon uh, plate shoe? May, maybe detrimental to their comfort, like late in the run. I'd say like... I mean, look, yeah, if, Maybe. Yeah, if you're going out for a four and a half hour run, are you going to wear the 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 performance lasted shoe with the the, the, the unstable base through the rear foot? Like, or some aren't you, some aren't performance based either, though, are they? Like some are the, like the fit um, is the fit's performance yeah. based. Like, the, just the lasting of the shoe and how much mm. room there is, how generous it is, like the amount of contact yeah. with the foot. It just more things go wrong. But I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just surprised no, no. at how far back it was. Look, I'm, I'm the, the, the category which we've been talking about, we can put people in that three and a half to four and a half hour category of a marathon and put them into a super blast. It'll be faster than the average jogging shoe, probably a bit more stable. The upper's a bit better, a bit more enjoyable. And the performance benefits probably oh, yeah. aren't far removed from it as well. Look, we're probably at a time now we have jogging shoes that will act as as good a performance things in ter- as good a performance shoes and comfort would be definitely superior. So, but that's up to you know that's education. We don't even have people educated enough to be able to, you know, connect them to the right jogging shoe at this point in time either. So, I reckon Lana yeah, performs better in the um, in the Boston's than the Adios Pro. Why? So Why? You've got Makes these sense, performance. Yeah. You've got these performance trainers that are probably yeah they're, mm. they're going to suit a wider. Um, you know, wider spectrum of the brothers. Yeah. And, and okay. like, I, you know, I have to tell you a quick story. They see the bay. My mother-in-law ran. She ran down in the Vanish Tempo. Um, no, the Vanish Tempo, the Vanish uh, Carbon. So she's quite stable on those shoes. She had a heel pitch in it as well. She just one of the wider forefoot. But I remember she ran um, She ran the Cedar Bay one year and she was, uh, she really battled. But she wore like a, a racing shoe back then. Remember the Mizuno Wave Ronin? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So she wore that. And now this is a person running five minute K pace for marathon. She, of course, she was much faster in a traditional running flat at the end of a 12K road race, for example, because the economy would have been a bit better. You, people to run in real minimalistic flats, you had to be lightweight, efficient, well trained to be able to handle that. This is probably the similar thing we're seeing with the super shoes, but the difference is they do protect a lot more than traditional yeah, flats. But you know, you think of yeah exactly yeah. I, I agree i agree and safer yeah. and more enjoyable but they mm. weren't selecting those racing flats because they they were just not not as comfortable <laughs> anyway when, yeah. You know, on. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah um i have two shoes so i've run in more i've run in the 2000s we talked about that i ran in that um puma magnify i think that's what it's called and yeah. I, that's my magnify shoe. two I Number like two, it. It's the second version. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I, it's a shoe mm. that I would um that I'd quite happily put on and run an hour in. Yeah. So Absolutely. Certainly mm. not a problem. I think the maybe the up is a bit stiff. That's probably my only complaint. It's a bit mm. of a stiff type vamp through you'd, there. You'd struggle. You struggle with the other ones then because it's the most mobile, adaptable upper out of all the other mm. Puma shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would then. Um, mm. But. Two that I thought were interesting. Uh, well, I, I have very high help, hopes for this shoe, which is the Hocker Mac X. Um, mm -hmm. Bree got a pair and she really enjoyed running in them. And she got them before we could sort of get any stock. So she was put a sample on and ran it and um, really liked it. And then I thought, oh, damn, I've sort of missed out here. I'm going to get one for myself. Mm. And I've I've really disliked it. So I've run in it, prob I've probably put... 40Ks in it now, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, and, and that'll be the end. I'm going to give it away. And I, I was thinking about why I didn't like it this morning. Like, what was it about it? And I don't know whether I've actually liked a shoe that has two different density foams in it. I'm not sure I've ever found one that felt smooth and felt natural yeah. to me. I've but always found there's something wrong when they do this, when they join two foams. But you can solve the puzzle as to why Brie likes it then and you don't, can't you? Well, she, she lands here in the good stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I don't land too far. I land a little further back in this. But I feel mm. like there's like this, this is a P before foot. And mm. to me, I don't feel like it feels anything better than a normal EVA type foam. Like I don't get any mm. type of response from it. Um, it has a plate through it, but it's a Piva plate. The forefoot needs more rock up to get the foot over that plate because at the mm. moment there's just no toe spring in a stiff yeah. shoe, and, and so it's me. You, like, you don't need as you don't need as much toe spring when you hit further forward on the shoe because you create the toe spring a touch more, I reckon. So, yeah. Um, so it's why look. I, 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 as soon as I hear your shoe review and I hear Bree's shoe review, I always write down what shoe Bree likes because I know <laughs> I'll probably like it a little bit more than what you. <laughs> Yeah, you like, like you like we know you like shit shoes. We get it. Um, <laughs> and it's it's it was a narrow fit, size twelve. Look at that. Mm. That is narrow. Yeah. Like that that's is narrow. Yeah. Pencil down there. <laughs> um, you can sharpen the top of it. Um, yeah. So that's a no for me. I like maybe a rear foot striker will get a bit more out of this this green yeah. foam, which is firmer at the back and more stable mm. rear foot which I kind of did like about it. Like that was one thing it had going for it. But uh, nah, well, tell me, tell us, tell us how did it go at like a slower pace compared to faster pace. I've talked about a few shoes already that I've just enjoyed as the pace has been about 4.15 pace compared to 4.45. Mm. Like I've enjoyed 
is it is it better at a faster no, pace or what? It wasn't. No. It wasn't. Um, okay. And I had, I felt like no, I felt no desire to do any sort of fast workout in it. Whereas I could put a super blast on or a super comp mm. trainer, endorphin speed, and I yep. would go out and do workouts and be like, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Like I can get through this fine. Whereas this one, yep. I've like it feels so bottom heavy. It feels like it feels like earth was just once this soul get hit the ground each time like oof, like gravity so is, it, is it stable enough for a prescription shoe can i can i recommend this shoe for someone with yeah. sesamoid pain with first mpj uh, osteoarthritis yeah. what do you reckon yeah well yeah stiff? It, oh, yes it is, is it stiff? it's stiff it's stiff yep. like that's yeah yep. that's pretty stiff it's that plate mm. there is stiff um mm-hmm. yeah you could do that i just worry about how soft that peeper is under the forefoot like um, before you hit the plate, there's a lot of soft foam above mm. it. Um, so it wouldn't, you, wouldn't you find like... Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, if it's... You, there are heaps of options for like lightweight shoes mm. that are jogging shoes as a performance trainer, if that makes sense, with the carbon plate. That one, I mean, that was narrow. This is, I mean, the one that I showed before, the DV8 Nitro 2, that is the same concept, but it's just too narrow, for example, as well. And for sesamoid pain, it doesn't quite work either, Tom, because the toe spring is not quite aggressive enough in it. And, well, look, if you have a first MPJ problem and you put it into a narrow forefoot, that's also probably a deal breaker as well. So, yeah. but uh, I thought the Mac, I thought the Mac X would actually be one of those therapeutic shoes, like Tom asked. I thought maybe that would fall into the category of, been able to offload someone when they run in tempo runs with sesamoid or metatarsal, bit of metatarsalgia or plantar plate type injury as well. Well, we're finding the Kinvara Pro a better option for that. It's just it's real just, firm though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, that's firm. True. it's firm, yeah, but mm. there's more toe spring mm. on it. Oh, you've yeah. actually seen mine in the clinic, Tom. Yeah, that's right. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, uh, yeah he's uh, yeah, he rocked up with it. He was very happy with it. Is yeah. it um? Is it is it on the narrower side though? Yeah, it is. On yeah, the narrower yep. side. Um, yeah. Yep. But it, let yeah. me, I've slammed a lot of shoes tonight, but here's one I'm going to yeah. talk up. So this here, New Balance 1080 version 13. Uh, yeah. 1080 used to be an absolute icon in the training world. Used to yeah. be the mileage shoe. You'd rock up to a group and they'd be out like 80% and wear a pair of 1080s. Um, V9. Yeah, V9, V10 was good. V10, uh, yeah. We started to lose a little bit of its way i think and the v12 mm. to me was quite dead it felt, felt like a bit of a nothing shoe it was real flexible in the forefoot but mm. it was sort of wide and heavy and the the, the, sh- the foam was dead and dull so what have um, they done what have they done mate how is it different well they've changed the uh angle of the pods on the bottom mm. so you can see the outer soles now shaped in a more vertical fashion rather yeah. than horizontal and what that does is create more stiffness, so a little bit more pop back. Mm-hmm. Um, they've dropped the heel height to six mil. Um, so instead of being eight, so to me it feels, it does actually noticeable, like it feels a little more natural. Uh, what else does it get? It, does it get a bit more shoe? Let me I think it gets more shoe because it's closer to the more height, isn't it? It's, it's got to be It's, gotta it's be not. It's only 33.27. Um, oh, wow, yeah, so no, it, it isn't. Um, but what it, it says it gets a new compound, Fresh Foam X gets a new compound at 40 hardness. Um, and it, you can really notice that because it, it feels soft. And it, yeah. a few people have gone, Oh, geez, it's too mushy for me. 
Mm. I can get that. Like it might be a little too soft for some people. Mm. But what I'm loving especially is all these shoes at the moment super, that I'm running it, Super Blast, mm. Super Trainer, Super Comp Trail, uh, yeah. Kayano, Nimbus. They're all really stiff through the forefoot. Yeah, yeah. This is the first shoe that I put on where my big toe joint actually fucking works again. Um, yeah. Just And our last interview with Jordan got me thinking. Mm. I'm like, I, sh- I need a shoe where my foot does work. I need a shoe that flexes through the big toe. I, I want to start using did you not, that bad boy. Did you not find that with the more V4? I found that I was getting a little bit of flex through the more V4. I didn't find it too stiff through the forefoot, especially after 100Ks. I found that forefoot was really, really, really Mate, flexible. No, no, no one wants to wear a shoe that's this thick. Like, I, want, I, I don't want to wear, like, absolutely <laughs> on my foot. I want to wear normal shoes. This is a normal shoe. This is a shoe that I've been looking forward to. I wake up and I go, oh, I want to feel like a runner. I don't want to feel it's like... A, it's a good point, though. It's a good point, yeah. like having a shoe in the rotation that actually allows your big toe joint to bend because yeah, you're yeah. just running everything that's stiff, high stack or plated. Yeah. Like you, you really are not varying the load enough, I don't think, with your rotation. So this is this is an anecdotal from Bree. Bree went for a run in the new Nimbus. She's running the Nimbus 26. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty stiff. Um, she also runs in... Oh, what else she been running in? Alpha Fly for her workouts. She, she's been wearing a lot of stiff shoes. And well, Nimbus 26 is Nimbus 25, isn't it? The midsole's the same, isn't it? No, 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 no. Ah, it's not. Okay. We'll talk about right. it later. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's been getting this proximal hand, hamstring issue. And so she walked it the other day in, a, in the pair of Vongo. So the new Vongo V6, which mm. is kind of like a 1080, but it's got a plate that runs the entire way. So it's really yep. stiff. Um, mm. And she took like 10 steps. She goes, oh, this feels bad. I'm going to change shoes, see mm. if it makes a difference. Put a pair of 880s on. 880s, mm. a lot of flex through the forefoot. Ran for mm. an hour, said my barely noticed my hamstring. Um, that's how much of a difference what happens down here makes on what happens up near her hip. It's insane what, 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 what can um, change. Um, maybe it's in her head a little bit, but... Uh, I've been I've been pushing more and more people towards more natural shoes. I think we're getting too caught oh, up. Oh, here we go. What are you going to bring yeah, look, I, I, I love fairy tales. Tell me a fairy tale. A fairy tale. Um, <laughs> oh, low. Maybe it's the low drop. Six mil. I don't know. This feels like a dream to run in. Uh, it's soft. It's flexible. It fits. It's. It's kind of narrow. That's probably yeah. the, the fall down like it could do with some more width. But this upper yeah. actually seems to give a lot when you stand up in it. Um, yeah, yeah. And when you're running, it sort of flattens maybe. But yep. Yep, I've been couple, liking that's that. A couple, that's a couple of shoes from New Balance to get a bit narrow in the forefoot, which goes against the original grain. So oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, You've yeah. got to change it. Yep. Got to yeah, change yeah. that. Um, mm. that's, that's my two for now. Yeah, well, that's good. I like that because 1080 is coming out soon, and I reckon that's going to be a that's going to be a nice little update for New Balance. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do well with that shoe. I reckon. Um, yeah. It just, What's happening just with a, the 880? Is that getting an update? Yeah, that's not this season. Yeah. Next season, um, yeah. it's getting firmer again. So yeah. we're gonna. It's not going to have that um, real sort of softness through the rear it's foot. A, it's gone back to a, it's gone to a walking shoe. I yep. think it'll be better yeah. for walkers. Yeah, it'll be good better for sales. For good for sales and in, in Geelong, that's for sure. Hey, um, 
Tom, can you give us a bit of an outline? The Berlin Marathon, Asafa's world record run. Tell us a bit of the, the what's going on in the media. Tell us a bit about the Adidas <laughs> shoe, and just, tell, just give us a synopsis. I, what, well, after you give us a synopsis, I'm going to read an article that um, read an article out that quotes a few yeah. few knowledgeable people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we saw a, we saw a small world record go down. Um, so yeah, so I guess there's been a bit of hype around um, you know her running so much faster. So like, what is it? Just over Who? two minutes faster than the previous world Who's record. Asafa from from Ethiopia. Yeah, I don't know how to say her first name, but Asafa. You got to use Tix. her name, mate. That's the Tix. I don't know how Tix. to say her Tix. first name. Tix. 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 Asafa. Tixie, um, Tixie, yeah. So, yeah, so phenomenal run, like, and she actually looked a bit like um, Kipchoge did when he broke two hours. Like, he pro- she probably could have gone faster, I, I reckon. Um, she was holding herself back a bit. Um, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, just phenomenal run, and she was wearing a, a pair of shoes from Adidas that um, we will get onto because uh, this is Shoe Geek. So she was wearing well, it was a shoe. The, it was the- Evo yeah. Pro Run, is that right? Adidas, Adi Zero, uh, what is it? Adios, yeah, Adi Zero, Adios Pro Evo One. It's a ridiculous name. So, yeah, this is the um, the photo at the end um, of her trying to shoe off at the end. And look, it's it got the media prior to the race, didn't it? Because they were, they didn't make a lot of them, and I think the price tag was at about five hundred euros. Was that right? Five hundred euros. Five hundred. So US. probably a. Yeah, so about a hundred, eight hundred Australian dollars. Yep, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So they did, they did, they did um, market it just before the race, didn't they? They did, they did. It was probably about a week beforehand. I know their main German runner who broke. He ran two hundred four. He broke his own German record, I think, as well, wearing the shoe on the day and. And look, it 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 got contra- Sorry, it, it got a lot of media because of its weight, wasn't it? It was 138 grams for a male US nine, so it was just a bit. It was the super shoot attributes, but somehow, remember how Jordan was talking about trying to create the whole complex of the super shoot, but try and bring it back down to the you know to the weight yeah. that was almost like the Zuno Wave universe and all those really really low. Pro- they've just about done it with this particular shoe, but they did yeah. the um you know the it lasts one one marathon in terms of durability. So they've sacrificed a bit of durability. Similar to the Mayfly, Tom, one of your favorite shoes. You know, you, yeah, you go. <laughs> so the shoe that you would uh, wear for 100Ks and you, there was a warning label that came with it and, you you know, after 100Ks, that was it. So, so it got the media behind it. But it did, unfortunately, skew the record. Like, just to go back in some of the stats, the staff, she started the marathon, she was an 800-meter runner. She ran sub two. I think she was a 54-second 400-meter runner. So she was, you know, mechanically quite tuned to those events and she stepped up to the marathon only about two years ago, maybe 18 months and began with the 234, won Berlin last year with um, 215, was that right? Yeah. She ran 215, yep, so she won last year. So she's defending champion. She's dropped the world record down just over two minutes to the 211. So she's found another few minutes from her own PB and I'm assuming she wore the Adios Pro 3 last year, perhaps. I actually haven't done my research on that, but I'm assuming if she's out of that... She would have wore one of the pro series last year. So you have to assume the benefit of the new shoe wouldn't be far removed from the Adios Pro 3, would you say, guys? It wouldn't, you know, couldn't say it's worth 3 or 4% from that particular shoe. It wouldn't be far off. It'd just be a bit of a weight reduction. Is that right? Probably, probably at least 1% going off the weight, right? About yeah. That. 
But once again, this brings us back to the point where people are talking mainly about the shoe for the performance and, and you know, from 234 down to 211 over two years. There's obviously other factors. But the wide world of sports have interviewed a lot of people uh, in relation to get their opinion as to what... Uh, and I'm going to read a little bit from this because um, Julian's in here as well. So... Um, so Aussies uh, have a bit of a say as to what goes on. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm just going to read a snippet and we're going to hopefully Zaka can attach the, um, the article to the podcast through here. So um, Tamsin Manu, who won the uh, World Indoor Gold Australia over 800 metres, made it clear that she's strongly opposed to the technology, arguing it's taking away from the purity of running um, and calling World Athletics to reopen the investigation. Pat Carroll, one of seven Australian runners to break the 210 barrier, said... He was dirty on it initially and had come to accept it, but only because he is quick. He was quickly becoming an old grumpy prick. Rod Dixon, a New Zealander who won the 1983 New York City Marathon Olympic bronze medal over the 1500 meters, admitted he had the blinkers right back, meaning he hasn't embraced it, but he's learned to live with it and also hopes for balance and integrity. Ralph Dubell, the Australian who won the 800 meter gold medal at 1968 Mexico City Olympics isn't phased, his uh, viewers' eras come and go and progress is made. Kate Smythe, who competed for Australia in the Women's Marathon in 2008, Beijing Olympics, wants the super shoe boom to continue. She's enthralled by the technology of athletics. And Julian Spence, who ran for Australia in the Men's Marathon in 2019 Athletics Championships in Dollar, put forward a staunch defence of super shoes. He sees it as an innovation in our sport that's having a phenomenal impact on revenue, participation, and the fan base. He also said progress has been happening from the beginning and thinks World Athletics has found a sweet spot with its regulations on super shoes. While Jason Augusta, a sports medicine podiat a podiatrist who's worked with many Australian top athletes, believes the influence of super shoes on performance is grossly exaggerated and, shoe and, and says shoe companies harp on about it and ram it down everyone's throat. So that's the synopsis of the story. Do you want to go a bit more into detail with that, Julian? Because I think people need to understand that... Um, there are pros and cons for everything through here, but there've been a lot of pros for the performance and there's obviously been yeah. a bit of misinterpretation here. So I think at the, um, firstly, the shoes have been out for six years. Or firstly, even before that, you've got to define what is a super shoe, right? What is a super shoe? So is it is it a shoe with foam that can return more energy? Is it a carbon plate? Is it high amounts of cushion? Is it lightweight or is it all of these things combined and you need to tick every box to call yourself a super shoe? Um, if, it's, if it's all of those, then most brands um, come pretty close to having one or two mm. models now. The shoe's been out for six years, uh, came out first, it released for Berlin 2017, the first one, the mm -hmm. Fly version one. So originally the... The, the criticisms early were were that okay yes technology is happening but there's only one brand with this technology so it's unfair on athletes um, when only one brand has access to this technology and and that was the original criticism from a lot of these mm -hmm. commentators that we're seeing whether it was mm -hmm. um, Tamsin or, or Tim mm -hmm. Hutchings like we, we we saw a lot of the same commentary now that every brand has one out the commentary is changing to this isn't fair to the uh, old records because mm. it, it's not comparative anymore. Um, it, it, it doesn't, like, 
no other sport has to go through this like running does. I was thinking about like the, the cricket world. Like there are different levels of um, cricket bats. So there are different types of wood that you use for cricket bats. And some of the woods they use are a lot more expensive than the cheaper woods. Mm. And, it, yeah. and that determines how expensive the cricket bat is. And, yeah. and you're not going to see someone who has ambition in the sport of cricket using a cheap cricket bat where the performance suffers from. But no yeah. one's accusing those that are using a good quality cricket bat uh, as cheating or, or like if they make 100 or, or they yeah. score a lot of runs, they're not saying that's yeah. hurting the um, sanctuary of running. Um, so like, I just, at this point, I think it's starting to hurt the sport, this, this whole commentary, especially when some of the biggest critics use their platform as commentators during mm. broadcasts to, to vent their criticisms and they focus yep. entirely on that and they draw a lot of, um, the story the, the, away from the athlete. And the, 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 the poor point of this is, is there's plenty of evidence out there. And we know that if you put a shoe on, one person doesn't respond the same way as another person. And that's, that's the same as someone taking a caffeine pill or someone running on a soft surface or hard surface. You, you can't control all these features, but there are other sports that have suffered from it a little bit on a smaller, like we don't hear about it here in Australia because we don't have amazing cyclists, but people like compare climbing Alp d'Huez in the 1980s compared to 1990s. Now the bikes are lighter and they're more aerodynamic mm. and we see records disappearing all the time. But you know what? 20, 30 years after having carbon fiber bikes, everyone just accepts it as the norm. And they just sort of put an asterisk saying, oh yeah, that time's you know faster than what Lance Armstrong's in the 1999. But there's so many confounding factors because there are so many things that improve economy on the bike that weren't just the type of the bike. And the same thing goes for running. Not everything is purely built around the shoe to improve economy. I mean, it, the, the downside, as you said, is that it's uninformed people who have experience in the sport that just literally have an opinion on it. Like listening to Tamsin and listening to David Colbert continually talk about a topic that they don't understand, but it does skew the public because they take these people who are in a position of power and have a platform and they suddenly, the sport's about the shoe technology because of misinformed people who have a platform to be able to tell people that they think that that's, you know, something that has uh, a huge benefit on historical times. I mean, we've already got examples of guys, Ralph DuBell and Pat Carroll, who'd sort of said, oh, that's really annoying. And you would be frustrated. People are running faster. But then they get over it and realize that years ago, people were running on rubber tracks compared to cinder tracks. And there's been technologi te technological advances for decade on decade on decade. You can't compare any generation. It's stupid to compare different generations. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I know. Yeah. Jeez, he set himself up here. He set himself up. <laughs> And then he's like, you have a little go. And then fuck, <laughs> I'm coming in with the sledgehammer. All right, <laughs> uh, look, and there's other points as well. We talk about the spikes and accessibility. You mentioned it last night off air that like, you know, the dragonfly has been, you know, if people accept, I mean, the dragonfly costs the same as what an original Matumbo or Air Victory did now. So everyone's got the same accessibility to these performance shoes now. They're actually reasonably well-priced, not all shoes when the road performances, but the integrity of junior sport in terms of cost is different to yeah. the story of what happens at recreational running. There are so many pros that have included maybe more sustainable running, wearing shoes with, you know, more protective features to it, giving more enjoyment to recreational runners. Yeah. This sort of stuff. Making our sport about. fun. Making our sport Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Get away yep. from the fucking nerdiness of it. 
like and talking about it talking yeah. about the sport you know here we are talking about the sport but shit you know you know yes publish the shoe that girl is wearing but publish her last four weeks of training as well so yeah. people get a bit of an idea 100%. you know yeah yep. anyway. yeah all, all that people know like they come in the store oh they wear those cheat shoes don't they that's what they say <laughs> oh that's those cheats. unbelievable oh yeah, fuck it's it. crazy it's, and it's yeah. because of art it's it's not so much articles like this one, but it's commentary like um, yeah. like that we hear every every time someone runs a race. It's the commentary around it that creates the problem. Absolutely, um, should get Tamsin on. You reckon? We oh, could. Yeah. We could. <laughs> um, we could. Yeah. Yeah. So are we buying the shoe or? <laughs> I didn't no, even enter the draw. I didn't enter the draw. No. Did you boys enter? I went on. I went no. on tonight, and I, I realized the draw's done. Done and dusted. Yeah, draw's yeah. done. Yeah. No one I know got a pair. Everyone yeah. that I know, everyone I know entered. No one got one. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be like winning the lotto. I'm sure, there was. I feel a, a bit sad for the Alpha Fly Three. The Alpha Fly Three should have got a bit more leverage. I like the look of it. So we'll mm. see it soon enough. Next year. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, look, that's probably enough from us tonight. I've been in for an hour. Yeah. It's nine Fucking twelve. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, you guys even later. Yeah. All right, guys. All good right. to chat though. Good to chat. Yes. And um, yeah. Nah. And good feedback from the on from Jordan Donnelly as well. People love that. It was a good one. Yeah, it was a good yeah, one. Good. It's good when yeah, we don't good, talk. Jordan. We need to get other people to talk. Absolutely. Can we get listeners to um put in some requests? That would be good as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Request for I've got interviews. a couple. I've got a couple ideas, but yeah, requests are good. So yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, All right guys. All right. You have a good evening. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. Doesn't matter if it don't